Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. All night I've been awake trying to prepare and think about today's nothing personal. I, I still, as I sit here this morning, cannot believe what I witnessed. And I don't mean that in any way to be full of hyperbole. I literally, literally cannot believe what I watched unfold, even though I knew it was going to unfold. Today's episode of Nothing Personal I'll tell you now, if you want to uh, fast forward through it, click through it, no review, no so you want to talk to Samson, no word of the day, because I can't wrap my arms around having a platform that you've given to me, you as an audience have given to me, and pretending that what happened yesterday didn't happen, or starting with the word of the day, I went through it about three in the morning, I thought the word of the do word of the day was going to be coup. I had a word of the day as embarrassing, as mortified, as dangerous, as transition. I had a word of the day as concession when Trump finally, through someone else's Twitter account, through one of his aides, in in theory, conceded, but it wasn't a real concession, which, by the way, is not necessary for the transition of power. I went through a stage where I was thinking about transition as a possible word. All the while, I felt this weight that I have brought upon myself because of nothing personal. And thanks to CBS giving me this platform and to you who has grown the platform to the point where I've told you whether one person listened or 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000 people, it didn't matter to me because I wanted all of you to always use your platforms. And we spent so much time during 2020, during the Black Lives Matter issues, when sports was shut down, when we thought that we had may have hit an inflection point leading up to the election, talking about voting, all of the things that we did in 2020. I thought that 2021, that there would be a peaceful transition of power. I thought that what yesterday would be would a regular January 6th. The January 6th that's happened every four years for hundreds of years when the perfunctory job of the Congress, which is the House of Representatives and the Senate, the perfunctory job of a joint session is to ratify the electoral votes to count the electoral votes that had been ratified by the 50 states. That is the democratic process that we have. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, and I went on Lebitard's <clears throat> local hour already today, whatever, today's January 7th, and I told him that I would tell you and and. I voted for Trump in 2016. Yes, I did. I did not vote for him in 2020 because it was my understanding when he became president 
the reality TV star, the failed businessman, the incredibly insecure narcissist, those, those words come together often. It never occurred to me, and I feel as though I'm above average smart, not brilliant. I can't split the atom, but I read, I think, I process, and I listen. It never once occurred to me that yesterday would happen. As the presidency continued, what was comedy turned to tragedy. And I realized that what was going to be a presidency of division and of racism and of absolute selfish rule was going to end in a way that was going to be sloppy. I thought that could be the case was going to end in a way that would be bungled by the Republican Party. I didn't think even when I read that some people were going to protest at the Capitol yesterday when Donald Trump called for people to march onto the Capitol. I ignored when during the debate he told people to stand up and stand by all of the racist Nazi anti-Semitic, violent, disgusting, deplorable people. It didn't even occur to me that there would be a storming of the Capitol, that there would be a coup attempt in our country. At four in the morning, I was thinking to myself, all the movies I've watched where we see what happens in Rwanda, where we see what happens in Venezuela, in Cuba, in all of the places we always said the same thing. That's not in our backyard. It's easy to dismiss because this isn't us. We can watch from afar and be comforted and warmed by the blanket of freedom that we were born into and did not have to fight to achieve. People my generation. Even yesterday, as they're milling around, the purely, completely white crowd is milling around. That's a protest. They didn't necessarily have a permit, but that's a protest. And then all of a sudden, it went from peaceful protest to the exact violence that Rudy Giuliani, whatever became of Rudy Giuliani is something that we tried to talk about this morning and didn't get to. And I had not put in my mental notes or even in the document to talk about Rudy Giuliani, who after 9-11 was a hero in New York, was someone who I looked up to as a Yankee fan and as a politician. I don't know when he became the, that he started doing the bidding for racism, for violence, for anti-democracy. When he called out that it, it is time, and I'm, and I'm gonna misquote it, time for combat, when Trump did not come out immediately and discuss and say, go home, stop this violence. It didn't occur to me that they would storm the Capitol. And when they did, it didn't occur to me that the Capitol wouldn't be ready for it. It didn't occur to me. Coca just said it, got it right. Thank you. Trial by combat. That's what Giuliani said. Trial by combat. Hmm. That's not what trials are. 
trial or by facts and by law. I have such a searing headache, Coca, and I don't know that it's just from exhaustion or whether it's actually from fear because I was so scared yesterday watching. I was scared for myself. I was scared for my family. I was worried about safety. I was concerned that we had finally lost control and that the America and that the absolute freedom that I've always known and the safety that I've always known would be pierced. And that the privilege that I've always had because I'm white and because I've always been lucky, that that privilege would somehow be dismissed and that all the conspiracy theorists, all the people who had told me to get a panic room in a safe room and buy canned foods and have a gun, which I will never do, and I never say never, that maybe they were right the whole time. With one ear out the window, seeing whether or not did I still live in a place that was paradise, or was that going to be pierced as well with gunfire and violence and Nazis and rage and racism? Not even getting to the thought until even later on in the evening about what would have taken place and playing it through in my mind had any of the people at the Capitol yesterday not been white, had they been Muslim or black, thinking how on nothing personal can I even discuss it when I'm white? Do I have the right to discuss it? I have to. What do we do this morning if the result of yesterday was not Congress getting back to work. The result of yesterday was not watching eight or so of the Republicans who had planned on objecting to the electoral vote, which is absurd to begin with. That is not their role. There is a court system when you want to object to an election. When the courts say there was no fraud, no election fraud whatsoever, you don't get another bite at the apple that includes violence when there is a Republican out of Missouri who says we've got the right to object, this is the right place to object, decrying the violence when he's the one who had been calling for it. When Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or all of the other people who had been sucking the teat of Donald Trump and the power that he represented and the base of votes that he represented, when they say this is not our America, Yet the entire time they had been planning for this to happen, they've been asking for it to happen in ways subtle and not subtle. And then when it went too far, when they saw that they also had to put on gas masks, that they also had to be scared because maybe the angry mob they created would not have recognized what another white guy would look like, like Cruz or Holly or Rubio or Loeffler or any of the others, some of whom changed their mind and stood up at three in the morning and said, we don't object anymore after what we saw today. And it infuriated me because we're supposed to believe that what they saw today made the difference. What about what they have been a part of making people do and act and think leading up to today? And we're going to give them a pass. Congratulations for changing your mind. Congratulations for finally seeing the light, for finally understanding that the way you've been governing is wrong. No way you don't get that credit. You don't get that pass from me. If you're going to believe 
in the fraud, if you're going to believe that your election and your presidency was stolen from you for reasons that have nothing to do with fact, that have only to do with the fact that you're trying to hold on to the tiny bit of power that you actually have. But if you're going to believe that, and then you're forced into an undisclosed location because people are storming the Capitol, and then you stand up and say, I changed my mind. Sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> it, it's, it's beyond comprehension to me. And I can't even imagine, and you know from previous episodes, I can never walk in the shoes of a black person. I cannot understand what it is to ever, ever know that when I'm walking down the street or when I am pulled over that I don't get the benefit of every single doubt times 10. I will never know what it is to be worried for the safety of my child because of the color of his skin. Just won't. Even though last night made me think about it, that is different. I don't know it. And I'm watching the sports world react. I'm watching the Celtics in the heat leave the court and release a statement. I'm watching the game with George Washington, the college basketball game get canceled because of the curfew in D.C., I'm wondering why games happened at all. Trying to understand the place of sports, the place of nothing personal, the place of all the nonsense that we do on a daily basis that I love doing with you. Trying to understand where is that place now? What would have happened and what would I be doing if yesterday had ended differently? And the way it would have ended differently is if the people who had descended upon the Capitol were of a different color. And what is the explanation that we are given? None that I can think of. How do we expect celebrities who are black, athletes who are black, people, regular, ordinary, nine to five people just trying to get through the day? How do we expect those people to react when they have seen their brothers and sisters get shot at, get tear gassed, get hit with rubber bullets, and they look at a bunch of racist Nazi white people who are allowed to take selfies after they have trespassed, committed multiple crimes. Where were the arrests? What, what, what is it, Coca? 15 people got arrested, by the way. For those people wondering, I told Coca today what was going to happen on this show. And his view of this was intelligent, well thought of, helpful and informative to me. But if the lights get turned off today, Coca, I will make it right for you. Only 52 people got arrested yesterday. Fifty-two. A crowd of, was it a thousand people? Was it five hundred people? They were 
overpowering of the Capitol Police and the National Guard was not immediately brought in. Do you know that it took Maryland and Virginia to send reinforcements because the president did not deploy the National Guard? He deployed it so fast to Portland, your head would have spun. When you are in a position of power and you demand your subjects and your followers to act a certain way, they act exactly the way that you told them to act, and then you respond to it exactly the way they want you to respond, and only after you've lost control of those people do you stand up and do a one-minute video that ends with, we love you, you're special. The same way he talked about the people in Charlottesville. Is the man who wore the Camp Auschwitz sweatshirt, is he special? Do you love him? The person who broke through the glass, who resulted in four deaths, they're special. And now Republicans are beginning to separate from the presidency. Maybe they're going to say that was Trump. That was the Trump party. That wasn't me. I never would call for violence. Bullshit. Called for it every day just by the way you acted, by the things you said. I'm worked up because I'm selfish. I'm worked up because the very place that I chose to live in that I was born into and don't want to leave ever, the peaceful transition of power, which has become what everyone around the world looks to in America. It didn't occur to me that it couldn't happen. I don't know, Coca. I just don't know. What do you do if you are the president of a sports team or the owner of a sports team? What do you do today? If you are the run a corporation that's donated millions of dollars to Trump, what do you do when you are Jewish and you voted for Trump because of his, his stance on Israel? Way better, might I add, than Obama. Way better for Israel than Obama. What do you do when you're a one-issue voter and it's taxes and you see what happened? Do you dismiss it as just a rogue group of people or do you realize that you have been in favor this entire time of someone who drew a map like Nicolas Cage in National Treasure? He drew a map to where we were yesterday. And that map is not complete. The very tweet, the very tweet of concession had another map toward the continuation of this violence and of this racism. I got a call from somebody celebrating the fact that Twitter finally shut down Trump's Twitter account. Nauseated me, that phone call I got, that Twitter would get any sort of credit, credit for shutting down his account yesterday, when that account has been used in the most offensive way possible. To break down, break up, and eliminate our democratic republic. 
His Twitter has been used in a way that an ordinary person's Twitter would have been flagged and shut down so long ago, your head would spin. But don't you kid yourself that these social media companies, they need Trump. They need the presidency. They need access to the power. It took yesterday and the unbelievable tweet that did it was not the most unbelievable tweet of all time, which was the president tweeting that his own vice president is the person who can finally do what's right, is the person who cannot certify the election, is the person who can make sure that the landslide victory that we had is recognized. That tweet doesn't get taken down. It gets flagged for not being accurate. But a one minute video, that's when it was too much. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Coke and I have had very many discussions about when it's too much. And he and I have had very intellectually based discourse based on this. God, did I fumble that Coca? He and I have had tremendously animated discussions when I have said there has been a moment that is then that moment makes it too much. And Coca would say to me, why do you choose that moment? And I ignored it because I really thought I was right that 
that it is correct that when things are going badly, like I've talked to you about the seesaw, the inflection point, that every moment, every person, every action has that inflection point where the seesaw gets tilted. And for Twitter and for Instagram, for Facebook, that happened yesterday. So without arguing whether or not free speech has now been quashed, which it hasn't, wondering whether or not Twitter should be criticized for having the wrong inflection point and that it should have happened months ago. Let's argue and ask a much simpler question. When you take a position in an argument that is either politically generated and motivated, racially generated or motivated, fantasy football generated or motivated, everything on the spectrum from not important at all to the most critical thing in the world, which is your freedom, more so than your health. When you're looking at that spectrum, does the inflection point and your definition of the inflection point change? Your tolerance for the other side's point of view, your tolerance for the other side's argument, does that change between fantasy football and freedom? I thought about that. That was early on in my night as I was thinking about what Twitter had done when they closed his account for 12 hours. I actually did not even bother looking because I won't. I don't follow it. I don't know. Coca, is that Twitter account back active? Because it was 12 hours from 7P to 7A. So it's past that right now. So if he's back to tweeting, that means the Twitter account is back and he got the 12 minute slap in the the 12 hour slap in the hand. The irony of the 12 hour slap in the hand is it's the same slap in the hand that's given to people whose platforms are five followers or two followers or bots. I came to the conclusion that it is necessary for companies to treat people differently as much as that goes against my general view that we should all be treated the same. People whose platforms are far larger than mine and yours have a far greater responsibility. And that is the subtle difference when I tell you when your platform is your dinner table or your platform is your water cooler by your office or your platform is simply one person next to you, a stranger or a loved one versus having a show with 10, 20, 30, 50, 100,000, 200,000 listeners versus having a Twitter account with 5, 10, 15, 20,000 followers or 80 million followers. It is clearly different. And it has to be treated differently by the companies. And until I get a written explanation or some sort of understanding of what made Twitter finally say, this is the inflection point, I will call out bullshit to them. And the reason I will is that they were being reactive. I want companies to be proactive. I want the police force to be proactive. I want people in media to be proactive. And here I am being reactive. Here I am taking this show and telling you 
that I should have known what was coming and didn't, and I'm reacting to what came. That makes me as complicit as every single other person. And that made me sick last night, literally. It stopped me from functioning, thinking what role had I played, what role should I have played, and what role will I play going forward? Having nothing to do with CBS or nothing personal, what role will you play? How embarrassed were you? Where are you on the scale right now? Were you watching sports and not paying attention? Are you James Harden? who somehow said when asked about the day's events, I have no idea what happened. I wasn't paying attention. What happened? Is that excusable? Is there any person in this country, whether you've got internet, Wi-Fi, whether you are fully educated, whether you were forced to work by economic circumstance at the age of seven, is there anyone who shouldn't know what went on yesterday? We tell people in sports to shut up and dribble, and then we get upset when they don't. Coca, this is clumsy. And the reason this is clumsy is that we do a show that is clumsy by definition. That is what nothing personal is. And if I had come to you with a scripted response, which I started writing last night, I was going to read to you and I threw it out. I felt like some sort of writer writing a show, throwing it away, thinking about how to start the show, how to end the show, how long the show should go. The reason why our show works is that that clumsy, that Lack of prompter, that lack of preparation, which, by the way, takes tremendous preparation. I had to, I had to show that to you today. Everybody was releasing statements, right? Everyone was releasing carefully worded statements, whether it was Barack Obama, George Bush, the Celtics, the Heat, Michelle Roberts, If I had come on here with you and read to you a statement, I would not have been true to myself or to you or respecting you and the audience and the relationship that we've built. The downside of that and the reason why people choose during moments like this to have a statement is that you run the risk of being clumsy and not saying what you're trying to say. You run the risk of not giving enough gravitas to the event. You run the risk of people shutting you off, turning you off because they disagree or because you didn't properly explain it. I'm embarrassed, not by the clumsiness of the show today. I'm embarrassed by the fact that we had to do this show today. I'm embarrassed that there came a time that we had to spend an entire nothing personal explaining to you that there was a coup attempt in the United States of America. A sudden, violent, and illegal seizure of power from a government. 
Don't you dare tell me it was not a coup. Don't tell me it was just a bunch of irresponsible morons coming there, taking selfies. And that's your reason for saying it's not a coup. Those people are not the people who did the coup. You silly gooses. Geese. The coup was led by the president of the United States. Not by the schmuck wearing the Camp Auschwitz sweatshirt or taking their stick and putting holes in Capitol windows and breaking through and sitting in Nancy Pelosi's office or sitting in the same chair where Vice President Pence sat in the Senate as president of the Senate. There are countries where those people who do take those seats, that is the definition of the coup because they are there to seize the government, take over the government and start a new government on their own. These people are idiots. They couldn't put a governor on a snowmobile or a go-kart, forget the attempt of governing a country. They are robotic followers of our current president and the people who he has recruited under him in politics to carry his water. That's who is trying to coup. And if you think that his attempts are over, you're foolish. But what are you going to do about it? Not play a game? Return to do a regular show tomorrow? Yes, I will. At about 7.30 this morning, I was thinking to myself when I got the morning paper and I looked at the size of the font of the headline, the description of the Trump-led mob descending upon the Capitol. I was thinking to myself, will we ever return to normal? And that is the word we've been using this whole year because of COVID. We want normalcy. We wanna be able to get vaccinated and live our normal lives. All the while, what was going on right behind our backs in front of our face was so out of the ordinary that we had normalized it. The call to violence, the call to arms, the calling of a fraudulent election if the right party and the right person didn't win. We watched all of this develop step by step. We watched a coup happen. There was no surprise. It wasn't sudden. Here's how I think today ends. Today ends with the majority of people closing their eyes and saying yesterday didn't happen. It ends with people saying, listening to David on nothing personal or reading an article or reading a statement by former presidents on both sides of the aisle. I am now fully briefed and I can now go back to my ordinary life. I told you already about on a previous show what bothered me about Hotel Rwanda where the genocide was taking place in Rwanda and that America came and started documenting it and people in Rwanda said that they were gonna be saved now from being killed simply because they were the wrong tribe, the wrong color. And it was pointed out to them that no, this will be part of your newscast 
and then people will go back to eating their dinner. That's what makes America, America, right? We get to watch the news. We get to read an article. We get to either listen or not listen to 33 minutes of a nothing personal episode and then go back to our ordinary day. What happens when your day can't be ordinary anymore? Because what hit closer to home yesterday gets just a little bit closer today and a little bit closer tomorrow and a little bit closer the next day. And before you know it, it's at your front door. Then what? So what do we do? What we do is that we come together and we hold those accountable, including Trump, Giuliani, Cruz, Rubio, Hawley, Loeffler, all of them. We hold them responsible for the crimes that they have committed upon all of us. The crimes that have a chance to chip away at the very blanket that we warm ourselves with every day, even after we read what happened. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hold people accountable by making sure that I don't stop. Not necessarily meaning tomorrow's show is what this will be about and every other show. But it means that when I make calls and when I speak to people, whether they are in law enforcement or whether they are in politics and I am lucky enough to have the access to that, that every single time I will make sure that whoever I vote for, whoever I give money to, whoever I give a platform to, that they understand the complexity, the seriousness, and the absolute nightmare that was yesterday's coup attempt. I am committed as an American and as a free American. And by the way, as a Republican American, I am committed to making sure that what you watched yesterday, assuming you're not James Harden, the horror that you felt, the fear that you felt right alongside me, that January 6, 2021 will be the last time you ever have to feel that way again. And I hope you do the same. My name is David Sampson, and there is nothing about business today. This is personal. <laughs>